Genesis 8.22 is a classic harvest text. Um, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Isn't that a wonderful promise? It, um, it's always difficult to know quite when, what to say on Harvest Festival. I do remember uh, going to a conference at Plymouth, at Muttley Baptist Church, and um, the speaker on that occasion was uh, Jim Graham, who was Andy's, uh, Andy's dad, very famous uh, preacher. And uh, when Ian Coffey uh, introduced Jim, he said, um, <clears throat> I've been longing, because Jim had been at Gold Hill for about 18 years or something like that. He said, I've been longing to meet a man with 18 Harvest Festival sermons. <clears throat> you know, it's the same every year, isn't it? Um, the Harvest... And yet, um, well, what can we say? Um, we're here because it's the same every year. If the harvest stopped, we wouldn't be here uh, to celebrate and, and to worship God together. Um, and so the harvest is some time when we do celebrate the, the regularity of the seasons. Uh, it's about food security, and we've already had... Uh, testimony about uh, the use of our food bank, which means that for many people in our world, uh, food is not a secure thing. But most of all, this passage talks about the faithfulness of God. And that's at the heart of a Christian harvest. It's God's faithfulness demonstrated through the faithfulness of all that we've seen over, over many, many years. Bearing in mind that these words were spoken thousands and thousands of years ago. And uh, although there have been massive droughts and there have been floods and there's been all sorts of things since then, we're still here. The harvest has continued. So the context of this reading is, is Noah and, and the flood. And um, we, we need to look at two, uh, uh, the flood from, from two aspects. I would like to say that God is not a custard God. He's not a God to be trifled with. I thought of that this morning, actually, so I thought I'd show you that. You know, don't trifle with God. You know, he may be wonderfully loving and providing everything we need, but he's not a God to be messed around with. He's not a God who, who stands up for nonsense. And the flood is a story about judgment and justice. When God looked at the earth that he'd created, he, he saw it all and, and he was grieved that he'd made mankind on the earth because of the mess that they'd made. And, uh, and hence, he said that there will be a flood which will wipe away and wipe clean the surface of the earth. But it's also a story about salvation. And I would like to say that it's more a story of salvation and mercy than it is about judgment and justice. It's about God uh, knowing that this flood is going to come, uh, providing a method of salvation for anyone who chose to get on that ark and uh, the only obedient people were um, Noah and his, his sons and their families. Um, and then, of course, he made space not just for the people, but also for the creatures. Now, we could talk a lot more about that another time, perhaps. Um, but it's Noah's obedience which allowed him to enter the ark and build it, and uh, through that, God's faithfulness was shown and the story of salvation. Which, of course, the whole of the Bible is about the story of salvation. 
from the beginning, particularly the story of Noah, and then the story of Abraham, and then as we go through the whole of the Bible, time and time again, God rescues people when they get in a mess. That's a faithful God, isn't it? We get in a mess, he rescues us. Do we take that for granted? I hope not. And so the story of the flood is about uh, the earth being wiped clean. Uh, the word laid bare means to be wiped clean uh, so that it can have a fresh start as Noah and his family come out and start repopulating the earth. And then in Genesis 9, the, which uh, Jennings just read to us, um, there's this wonderful word that appears for the first time in the Bible here, a covenant. A covenant. Many of you might have signed a covenant about uh, something. Probably if you're married, you would have signed a covenant with your wife uh, to be faithful. You may have signed a business covenant. But this is a covenant which God has made, a binding promise, uh, an everlasting covenant, he calls it. Um, but look who it's with. It is with Noah, his descendants, and every living creature. Most of the other covenants in the Bible are with a particular person and their descendants, but God is quite specific here. It's a covenant with the whole of creation. Every living creature is involved in this covenant that God has made. And uh, when he uh, has completed, he's, he's given the covenant, he gives a sign, the rainbow. Wonderful, I've seen rainbows recently, the thing with rain is very often you do get a rainbow afterwards. And every time you see it, it's a reminder of that incredible promise that God gave, that though the flood came, after the flood was new hope and new life, and God's promise is sure. Now, sadly, the, the rainbow seems to have been adopted as another kind of symbol. But, but I would say that this is actually a covenant with all of creation. It's not just for one particular part of creation, it is for all of creation that God has made this covenant with. But notice the covenant has conditions. It's not just a one-sided uh, thing. There are conditions, and uh, we didn't actually read today, but there's the bit about the, the value of life and the lifeblood. Hello. Yeah. It, the covenant's with you as well. That's right, even the little ones. That's wonderful. Um, there's warnings about uh, life and the value of blood and, and the consequences of spilling blood. Um, there's warnings about that. And then there's another warning. And it says, the fear and dread of man will fall upon all the creatures. <clears throat> Have you ever tried watching nature? As you know, I spend quite a lot of time doing that. Um, if you go too close, they run away. Have you noticed that? <clears throat> Most wild creatures will not hang around when people are there. There's a kind of an inherent fear of creatures with, uh, of human beings. And, and God says here that the fear and dread of man will fall upon all creatures because at this point he, uh, Noah has just sacrificed some of the beings and uh, they've been given to him for food. So there is this relationship between humans and the rest of creation in which we have been given a, uh, a position uh, of stewarding and dominion. You know, I've been speaking quite a bit about this earlier in the year. We've been put in a position of responsibility for the whole of creation. 
The problem is, when the word that you sometimes read in the authorised version, dominion, uh, is read as domination, then human beings become even more fearful for the rest of creation. We have the, of all creatures, we have the ability to do wonderful things, but we also have the destructive power to destroy much of what God has made. Um, it's, you don't need me to remind you of the news over the last few weeks and months. Uh, the rainforests in Brazil are burning at a higher rate than ever before. Apparently it's dipped down a little bit now, but actually uh, the article I was reading on the news was saying that it's not so much the burning, but actually the deforestation that is left behind is going to have a long-lasting impact on, uh, on that part of the world. And us, because the whole world is a global family. Uh, they, those forests absorb so much of the carbon which we put out is absorbed in those parts of the world. Karen and uh, Glynis and I just went, uh, part of our trip, we were on in Nakuru. And um, Nakuru is the, is the second largest town in Kenya. And there's a wonderful lake next to Nakuru. And when Karen and I went in 2010, there were a couple of hundred thousand flamingos on that lake. Uh, now there are hardly any. Um, if you watched Gordon Buchanan's... Um, uh, uh, equator from the air, you will see the videos that he showed. Uh, and what's happened is that because people have been deforesting the hills, the runoff has been greater. Because the town has been developed right next to the lake, uh, all the tarmacking of roads, uh, the road outside the hotel when we went before was Murram, red mud, uh, and now it's tarmac. Um, and the increase of the town, and the fact they had huge rains in 2012, the lake has gone up by five metres. And where you used to go in, there's like an entrance uh, arch, and, and the buildings are all submerged. So now the, the park has had to be, re they've had to change the roads. That is uh, uh, partly a natural thing, but it's partly that human beings have affected that environment so much. I'm very pleased to say that um, the flamingos have all gone to Lake Begoria, and we did see them there, um, about two million of them. So that was, that was pretty good. But we, it just shows what effect we have. Um, the rugby tournament, the World Rugby Tournament, some of the matches have been cancelled because the biggest typhoon that they've experienced has headed towards some of the grounds. And, you know, I'm not a rugby fan, but I know that some people are very upset um, ab about that, but what can you do? Uh, and uh, more recently, or just be a little while ago, that island in the Bahamas, I forget which one it was called now, uh, was completely wiped out by a tornado, uh, a hurricane that's never been seen before. And, and then there are droughts, which are bigger than we've, we've seen before. Um, this year in Kenya, the rains in, uh, that should have come in March didn't come until the end of April. And, and so there was quite a considerable drought, in, in, even in that part of western Kenya, which is normally lots of water. They ran out of water for the hospital. And they had to bring water in for the hospital in tankers. Can you imagine that? If you went to the hospital and they said, sorry, we haven't got any water today, we're waiting for the tanker to arrive. These things are happening. And then, of course, finally, uh, war. We've seen... Um, Reminders today of the war in Sudan, which 
largely has left our headlines, hasn't it? We don't hear much about war in South Sudan at the moment, but uh, only in the last few days, Turkey's been invading Syria, and people that were allies are now being, you know, it, it. whose fault is it? <coughs> Fundamentally, isn't it? It's, it? it's human beings. Yeah, it's human beings. Uh, human nature has not changed from the very first time when we were created and walked on the earth. Uh, human nature is, is sinful. And, and we are all sinful. We, we, we might say, well, I can't affect the burning of the rainforests in Brazil. That's true. Uh, it's not in our hands. But we, but we in, in, one, in one sense, we all contribute to it. Um, and in one sense, we're all responsible. We're all given dominion over the use of our little patch. If we've got some land, how we use it is up to us. If we've got money, how we use it is up to us to make decisions. And uh, it's good today to be able to come and say, uh, let's recognise the needs of the world and, and give and, and respond in some kind of way. So how can we respond? Just briefly as I come to the end of this talk today. Um, one, you could become an ostrich and bury your head in the ground. Although I understand that is a fallacy, that ostriches don't do that. Um, we only saw one ostrich, didn't we, uh, Glynis? And, uh, and our driver said, oh, we won't stop, we'll see plenty more, but we didn't. So, uh, but we did see one ostrich right by the road, um, which was quite fun. Um, you could do that. <clears throat> but first of all, we could pray. We can pray uh, for all the situations that we've been mentioned here. There, there were so many different issues. Issues of <coughs> refugees uh, fleeing war, if, issues of, of uh, malnutrition, issues of uh, disability, issues of uh, you know, conflict and all those kind of things. We can pray. Um, we can give. Uh, if we have money, we can give. Or if we have time, or if we have apples, <laughs> we can give. And, uh, and very often, you know, I think people can give of practical things, maybe it might even be more useful um, than, than, than money. But what we have, we can look at how we use it and we can, we can give. We could give to BMS. Some of you support Tear Fund, uh, uh, which is also doing excellent work. Um, some of you support other, other organisations. Um, and then finally, um, be responsible for our lives. There's, there's, um, there's an old Tom Paxton song that uh, I used to, I was very keen on Tom Paxton, and it's Peace Will Come. Uh, and and the, the, the line goes, um, peace, peace will come, let it begin with me. Oh, my own life is all I can hope to control. Oh, let my life be lived for the good, good of my soul, and let it bring peace. My own life is the all I can hope to control. And so um, when, we, when we kind of get a bit depressed about the news, about things which seem to be out of our control, uh, don't forget God made us who we are. He put us where we are. And the things that we can control are the things around us. But if everybody did that, just think what a change it would be in the world. So let's just be quiet for a moment and... Um, we can keep our eyes open, maybe look at these wonderful uh, gifts. Obviously, Somerset 
is famous for apples, and uh, it's been a fantastic year for apples this year. We can give thanks for that. The food which is going to go to the food bank, let's just uh, think for a few moments about what we're able to give and, and the people who will receive that, who through circumstances often beyond their control are unable to feed their children. And let's think about the people that we've seen uh, on our screens today who who are in situations very different to ours. And let's just uh, ask God, how can we, how can we make a difference to their lives?